And now I am with Andrew Adams, the author of Life and Death of One Big Paragraph. How are you doing? Oh, I'm very good, Tone. How about you? I'm doing okay. Talk a little bit about yourself. What's your deal? I am from Washington, D.C., and I went to Davidson College in North Carolina, where I was a Spanish major, and which was great for me because I got to escape away from all the hard work there to Argentina for a year. And I continued some study in Argentina after that, and Spain, teaching English. And then I went to China, taught English. And currently I'm in New York, trying to act and continuing to write as much as I can. How much Spanish did you use in China? <laughs> a little bit, actually. I met, I met a few Mexicans there. Yeah, it's funny. Oddly enough, I only learned about 300 Chinese words while I was in China. But yeah, no, it's Spanish. I love Argentina. I love Spain. So in the end, going to China was a bit of a letdown. I think I knew what I, what I really liked, and I was looking for English teaching jobs in Spain and Argentina. But everyone, you know, China is such a big country, and there are more people there learning English than there are people in the world learning Chinese. So it was a, it was a great opportunity to, to, to work. So you are also pursuing an acting career? Yes, I am. I moved to New York two and a half years ago to study at the, the William Esper Studio. And its claim to fame is the recently um, Academy Award Golden Globe winning Sam Rockwell. He went there and his, um, his teacher was my teacher's husband. Suzanne Esper taught me, and Bill Esper taught Sam Rockwell. It was a great program, a Meisner-based program, and I was writing a, a lot before school started, but acting was always something I'd been interested in, and I wanted to um, just expand expand the art and have another experience. And I guess in the end, I'm a writer and an actor, and we'll just see what happens from there. It's a good combination. Yeah, yeah, because I feel like with writing, in the past especially, I got used to just getting stuck inside and committing myself to writing. And when you look at a story like uh, The Life and Death of One Big Paragraph, which is in Running Wild Anthology of Stories, Volume 2, it is very writer-centric and writing about writing. And then when I wrote that story, that's what, what I was doing. I, I was writing a lot and focused on writing and reading a lot of books, focused on Hemingway's life and all these writers that were inspiring me. But in the end, you know, Every good writer has to go out and experience as well. And I think acting is, is a good opportunity to learn about something besides writing for writing's sake. Yeah, I've thought about taking an improv class myself to sort of break me out of my traditional thinking a bit more. Oh, yeah, I highly recommend it. And it's, it's writing in itself. On the fly. Yeah. So this is your first published work, mm -hmm. according to your bio. Congratulations. Thank you. Where did this come from other than a contempt for the return key? Because it is literally one big paragraph. So basically, during that time, I had this idea about a story that was falling, like a story that was doomed to die. And I, I was thinking about the concept of time itself and, and how a story really is going to end. It's not going to go on forever. And I had this idea of something even more postmodern and words sort of falling, 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 splat, I think was one of my notes. I started writing it in the vein of El Doctor's Ragtime. I was reading that at the time and I, I found it hilarious and just one of the best books I, I, I'd read. And I was also reading, what was it, Raymond Carver's Will You Please Be Quiet, Please? Whatever I was reading at the time found its way into that story. And... I just, I had a whole lot of fun with it. Thank God it's, it's, it's become what it's become. Unpack those, those two books. What is it specifically about those? Well, 
with with ragtime, I guess it's it's about the the rhythm. It's so fast. And and my paragraph, I mean, it can be very daunting because it's you know it's a big paragraph. I had an editor at one time tell me for another story, this is all one big paragraph. It's so hard to read for a different story. But with this one, I think the pace is so fast that it, that once you get into that rhythm, it's it's funny and it, it's it, it has its own little sort of mini paragraphs in there invisible mini paragraphs and it's it's fast and it's falling and and there's nothing you can do about it i think it's something about our 21st century minds where we see a big block of text and the first thought is oh god yep mm-hmm. and even you know i've been reading my whole life and i still get that feeling and like you said this is not even though the title and it is physically one big paragraph you're right it, it's a series of points so as long as you get over the fact that it is a big block of text it's no problem to read at all yeah yeah it's fun i, I um i guess there's not a whole lot of description in it and back in the day and and still i think i'm i'm very focused on action and what's happening and trying to keep things interesting at least when I'm writing, when I'm talking, I'm probably boring people uh, to death. But yeah, I, I actually, I meant to ask, do you read Kindle? Is that something you're into? Oh, no, no, I, I just can't get into an e-reader. I think the computer has too many distractions mm. for me, being a, a techno guy. If I'm on a Kindle, I know I can check my email on a Kindle or something like that. I don't actually have a Kindle. I have like a, a laptop that folds over and becomes a giant tablet. So I re- will read some things on that, but it usually be like shorter pieces, magazines and stuff. Okay. Or that something that that's the only format I can get it in because it's only distributed in PDF. I have yet to own an e-reader or really even read anything all the way through on an e-reader. Okay, so so oddly enough, and maybe this will make it easier to read my story. I found that when I when I read a Kindle, as long as a paragraph is, especially if it's a Russian novel, it's easier psychologically to stay in the game of a Kindle because you'll read one page on a Kindle and then you can always just start at the next page and oh, okay it's just a little bit more to read it's just a little bit more to read and then suddenly you've read 50 pages it's like oh and a page is a bit smaller right the word count on a Kindle page I imagine is something around 150 yeah yeah and you could change it too you could make it you can make the font really big you can I think put maybe even 20 or 30 words on there at a time if you're very hard of seeing. <laughs> then what's the difference between this and say poetry? As I, I'm not a big poetry guy, but it seems to me that you are sort of pushing the edge of what, what people are doing in poetry now. You know, that doesn't rhyme, of course, but that's not a condition. Wow. I understand it. Well, that, thank you. That's, that's high praise. I mean, I, I guess you're right. I was thinking about, so in college, I took one of the actual... I took a few writing courses, but in my first English course, Literary Analysis, we did look at many poems which were, I forget the name right now, but they were um, they were shaped in certain ways. So sort of like acrostics. Like for example, the poem, So Much Depends Upon a Red Wheelbarrow, Glades with Rainwater Beside the White Chickens. And then you look at it and the stanzas look like wheelbarrows. So I think that conception was in my mind. It's still prose, but... Most of my stories are actual paragraphs, not just... To answer your question after uh, so many fits and starts that I just had... Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm writing, especially back in the day, but still now to a certain extent, I, I write about writing. I, I, I go into it. In fact, one of my best stories at that time, before Life and Death of One Paragraph, was called Writing About Writing. And it was about a writer who was writing about a writer who was writing about a writer, sort of like this inception idea of writing and who's really writing, when does it start, when does it end. And I was having a lot of fun with that. And then I also wrote this story, Indecisive, 
which was about a guy who couldn't decide what he was writing about. He would start writing one thing and say, no, 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 wait, let me write this. No, 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 let me write this. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it just, it sort of came naturally as my own indecisiveness and experience as a writer writing what I knew, which was at the time basically just uh, writing or trying to write. So do you find yourself playing with format a lot? Yeah, yeah, I do. I definitely do. Is that, do you find that limiting? Because it's really hard to, I'll just use the word gimmick. It's really hard to mm-hmm. extend a gimmick that you could use in a short piece to something novel length. You know, the House of House of Leaves, that one pulled it off. But that author has not, as far as I understand, successfully pulled it off again. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, like, it's like doing boyhood for every single movie sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've definitely, I've tried to distance myself from it to a certain extent. But then I always find myself there. <laughs> <laughs> I think the balance is good. I'm also uh, publishing with Running Wild a novella coming up. It's called Horatio. And it's basically my version of Hamlet. So I was like, oh, I was like, okay, well, what's a popular book? Hamlet. Well, not a book, a play. All right, well, if I write about Hamlet, I should be okay. And basically writing about Hamlet from Horatio's point of view, his best friend. And in the book, of course, or the novella, Hamlet is not the, a prince, the son of a king. He is the son of this great writer. And the uncle is actually a lesser writer of the brother who ends up killing his brother and marrying his wife because he was envious of his brother's success. The writer thing comes up a lot. (laughs) And I think that if you're a writer, it's going to happen. You write what you know. Stephen King as well. Always writing about writers. I read a lot of Stephen King. I love Stephen King. I I love him too, but the, the writer protagonist thing... Mm-hmm. You know, he kind of for me, he's kind of ran that into the ground. It's really tough for me to get over that nowadays. Yeah, he's, he's, he stays inside even more than I do, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I think it just, it happens. And I think, like I said, it's good to make an attempt to distance yourself from it. But if it comes up, it comes up and you, you just got to go with it. We mentioned you got Horatio coming out. Mm-hmm. And anything else? No, those are the only two. They have a big book of novellas. Is it going to be included in that? Yes. It's, uh, so this is the Running Wild Anthology of Stories, Volume 2. Uh, that's the Running Wild Anthology of Novellas, Volume 2. It sounds like that's, like, 22 novellas in one book. That's... Wow. It's going it's to be Ulysses. Yeah, she mentioned she was going to break it up into two books. <laughs> wow. Okay. So uh, where can people find you online, Andrew? I have two websites. One is a bit of everything, acting and writing, andrewdouglasadams.com. And the other one is andrewdouglasadams.wordpress.com. And that just includes a few short stories and not too much really. But um, hey, it's the night is young and I'll be adding whatever I can. We're in a race now. I'm going to master this podcast and you're going to fill that up with stories. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, I mean, I, pr- I probably should have even asked your advice about this. I've just put a few things out there to have a sampler. But what's your, what's your opinion about that, about self-publishing stories online on a blog, if you may want to consider them at a literary journal or contest in the future? Flash fiction, I would say definitely. That's perfect blog post size, right? You know, there's not a lot of market out there for flash fiction. So I think it's a really good promotional material. Mm, okay. That's I have a know. few. I wrote a couple. Like before I even started writing comic books, I was writing 100 word stories, flash fiction. I, they're still posted on my blog if you dig deep enough. I, one, one thing I would consider maybe using a short story for is, is after it's been published a couple times, 
turn it into an EPUB file uh, or a PDF even. And then now we're getting into marketing stuff, but something I plan on doing with the ginger jar is when it's, it's burned its way through publication, use it as an incentive for people to subscribe to your mailing list. Mm -hmm. But what you have up there, flash fiction, that's a good thing to give away. That's great. Cause I, 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 I love writing short stuff, short right. fiction. I, I have written, I guess, two novels, five novellas, but, but mostly I, I love just writing a story, just knocking it out. You know, I, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of time nowadays if I can write a thousand word story or even a 600, seven word story, then that's great. Then I would, yeah, I'll, I'll do what I can to put more of them online. I'm sure I have a bunch I'm forgetting about. What happened to these novels? The novels, let's see. I submitted one of the novels to a bunch of different, a bunch maybe being like five different contests. The other novel, I don't think I submitted anywhere. But I mean, there's, there's, there's still some editing to be done. I actually just finished my 10th edit of my longest novel, which is, I think it's around 100,000 words. It was like 115,000 words. But yeah, it's, it's going to find its way out there. I, I have the story. I have the novella. Now it's time for a novel. You haven't destroyed them then? No, definitely not. They're, they're, they're not, they're not going to die. They'll come out there. Um, well, everything dies, Andrew. I hate to break that to you. Oh, uh, that's right. Even paragraphs. <laughs> oh, zing. All right, that's a good ending line. So uh, the author is Andrew Adams. The story is Life and Death in One Big Paragraph. The anthology is Running Wild, Anthology of Stories, Volume 2. And your host is Tone Malazzo. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you so much, Tone. Pleasure.